It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 41 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, April 6th. 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. I'm joined this week by Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey. Uh, so, here we are, another week. A lot, of, a lot of changes, a lot of challenges, shakeups at, at, at the big G. <laughs> uh, more changes coming with, with Bing, actually, too. There's oh. some stuff with Bing recently, so um, not wasting any time. And Getting right into some things. Um, Big thing that I picked up on this week that I wanted to touch on real quick and just kind of as a good conversation starter was uh, text-to-code ratios as it relates to ranking. There was a, uh, in one of the recent Google Webmaster Central office hour hangouts that happens, um, for those of you that want to get super geeky, you can check those out. Um, They're they're more live YouTube-style uh, hangouts uh, with Google's John Mueller, and um, he said recently that they do not use anything like text-to-code ratios for Google search, hmm. meaning this goes back to a discussion I think that we've had uh, previous either previous episodes of the redirect where we've, we've certainly created content and discussion around it that um, whether or not pages have more or less HTML on them and how Google renders those, so... Whether or not your your page has more or less HTML on it is a design preference and how that is established on your site and not necessarily how Google's going to index it. So it's more um, if you have a page that's got a lot of code on it versus a minimal amount of text on it, what he's saying is that it's not, uh, it, I don't want to say it's not an issue, but it's not uh, a, a ranking factor mm. or ranking concern. Mm. Mm. I think certainly we know from a performance perspective, if you right. chalked a, a, pay, a page just full of a bunch of gobbledygook, that, I mean, why would you why would you do that? Right. Page speed. Well, could we say then that it might indirectly affect rankings? Because if you have a bunch of code that's loading slowly, that would affect the page load speed, which is... It's not a direct signal, though. No, she said indirectly. Right. In, right. In, okay. Indirectly. Yeah. Indirectly affects rankings, but it doesn't right. directly, it's not a direct right. signal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it could. I mean, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want your, your page to be, you know, your pages to be the most efficient and performance oriented as, mm-hmm. as possible? So if there's a, if there's a, you know, if your code to text ratio, <laughs> I mean, if you if you do, and some CMSs just naturally produce a bunch of a bunch of code that, mm-hmm. quite frankly, I think is unnecessary. You know, uh, not to call one out, but Wix produces a bunch of unnecessary code, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they really taunt themselves as this this what you see is what you get. WYSIWYG editor don't have to mm-hmm. have a lot of design skills. You can drag and drop and put elements in. With that type of system comes what we've talked about before is like code bloat. And so where John is saying, you know, the amount of text on your page that's that's readable mm-hmm. to code doesn't matter. But man, if that code is holding the site back performance-wide f- from, from loading, I would certainly think that, that that would be a big, 
a big issue. Mm-hmm. I know it comes up a lot in our page speed analysis, but yep. it's all business relative though too. You know, so it just depends on the function of the page. Sometimes like if it's a revolving news type site mm-hmm. or something that has current events or something on it, there's mm-hmm. going to be just lots of stuff rotating through there. Or if it's just a simple splash page that sends you somewhere else into the site, you know, sometimes you just can't get around it. But That's if great. you don't have a lot of stuff on your on that page, make sure it's as clean as possible. Maybe minimize. I think that's a really good point you you bring up, Pat. It's like uh, there we've been in a lot of cases too where they're pulling data from third party sources. Now whether that's a plugin or a module or add on, depending on your CMS, they're called those. Those are pulling data in from third party sources. And not necessarily on your server, not you know, and if there's an issue with that and that that code doesn't load in and it breaks or the content doesn't load in or is fed in there, I mean that's all gonna that's all gonna <coughs> totally slow things down and and muck it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so good conversations conversation starter as I uh, try and bite my own lip there. So. <laughs> all right, I'm looking to you, Ashley. All right. Well, a little bit selfishly, I've been wanting to explore uh, a topic for a future blog post, so I decided to kind of roll that into my my research for the podcast this week. Um, so I've had a question on my list of potential topics for a while now, and that is, do categories and tags help SEO? Oh, man. <laughs> Gross. Let's not answer that. Let, let's not answer that yet. Let's hear. Let's hear you out. What are your findings so far? Oh well, as far as helping, um, I haven't found a lot of evidence to suggest right. that they would right. help SEO. Now, from a user experience per- perspective, they can be useful um, for categorizing what you have on your website, on your blog. Um, so a user would be able to click on a category and find related articles on your website or click on a tag and find even more specifically related articles on, on your site. So from a user experience perspective, it's helpful. Um, from an SEO perspective, again, I don't really think they serve a whole lot of positive purpose yeah there is a and I, I, I believe that even in your probably your initial research uh, I mean it's it's been fairly I think best practices for for a few years now is that um, you know you don't um, you don't want to block those resources but we don't really care to have them indexed mm-hmm. right because of uh, just like pagination, issues as well, you know, blog slash two, blog slash page two or whatever, like there's potential for duplicate content in yep. there is the way that it's the way that it's structured. So uh, I would agree uh, 100% that maybe from a, a user experience perspective, it's great, but search. I don't even know if as a, as a user experience, it's working right. I think that whole process is broken and I think CMSs need to stop forcing it upon um, site users to push it back onto their site owners to push it back onto their users. And I think too, to that point that it's more of a, it becomes more of a, a UI issue then a user right. interface, because uh, I know we kind of went through that whole process when we were to redesign our site and we're actually working on a big relaunch with another client right now where you're talking a lot of data, a lot of resources. It could potentially be a lot of different categories if there was no UI, 
So no user interface, no proper user interface to understand those categories to make them to have them make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would be a oh, it would be a zoo. It would be a nightmare. You know, we've all been on those blogs. That's like. 40 categories going down the right-hand sidebar, let alone the date archives right. and everything else that comes with it. Thanks, I, WordPress. I think um, something that would be interesting to explore is to see the blogs in the state that we're talking about in the world that we're discussing right now adapt a system similar to what you might see on a major retailer website like an Amazon or something along those lines. It's interesting mm-hmm. that you bring that up yeah, because that's, that's kind of where I was going to go I with this. Where I first saw it, I've been seeing it... Um, uh, previous world of mine, I was uh, in photography and I bought a lot of equipment and miscellaneous peripherals on bhphotovideo.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're the leading source for um, US based photo products. Pro, 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 photo. Yeah, pro gear stuff and audio visual, all that good stuff. <clears throat> but their sidebar on the left, you could get so detailed in a limited, you know, there might be, let's start with a million products, and if you put it on your search criteria, oh, you're, filter, you, you're filtering, you're filtering, right? mm-hmm. yeah, it's filtering, it's right there in front of you, you know, when we see that today, um, to an extent, with like, um, your Best Buys or your Amazons, if there is a way to do something similar to that, um, on blogs, like if your topic was, um, I want to talk about, um, SEM with just the industrial industry. If we oh, have an yeah. article that's industrial and search engine marketing, we could bring it down to just that. Mm-hmm. And if that's able to, it, that whole filtering system, I think would be a lot more efficient than tags and categories. And, and, and let's not confuse that also with, you know, large e-commerce players that have actual, um, what we would call product category right. pages, meaning in, in the case if we let's right. stick with the photography theme, uh, DSLRs right. versus um, point of view video cameras. You right. could easily have a category page that was well optimized, dedicated for yeah. that theme, but then your filtering categories would then be brand, yeah. um, Mirrored, mirrorless, right, right, whatever. Right. I'm not a. I'm, I know no, enough to well be dangerous. There. You did well there. <laughs> you know what? What are all those? You know, the various formatting yeah. and things yeah. like that. I think that's huge value because if you don't know, if you know you want a DSLR, you do a search. Mm-hmm. I land on say BH. Yep. Um, but then from there, I, uh, I I'm I'm educated yeah. on it, and I go oh. A price filtering, yeah. I think, is a big one. Yeah, that site is is very complicated, and it is you toggle a few dials, it really becomes very mm-hmm. user friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's if if there was a way to to incorporate that to to blogs, actually, it sounds like you might have some feedback on that. No, actually, I was thinking more along the lines of what Jason was just describing, and I thought that might have been the route mm-hmm. that you were going on. But um, no, that sounds good too. Yeah. How do you how do you think about this though? Too what if what if we took this this concept a step further? So let's let's talk about personalization. So so web experience personalization. Um, being an automotive enthusiast, a lot of various sites I go to, what we might refer to as the old school catalogers or big retailers. You know, I can put in a specific make model, you know, make model year of a vehicle. And then my experience is now custom tailored to that. Uh, there's a couple sites out there in particular that I can go to and do that. They're, they're more or less taking care of that filtering for me and plugging it. You know, once I plug in the year make model, they show me even in the various categories, product categories, the products they have available for me 
based on my year make model. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think a similar experience could be done in content marketing? If it's a site that you're logged into, yeah. So you think you got to be logged in to do because it? Because you'd have a profile, and your profile would have different triggers in it. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Like in it, like a um, uh, like we subscribe to the Harvard Business Review. Um, if I log in, I have it personalized for what I want to see. So right. it's, it's filtered. But what if you weren't though? What if you were just a general web user and you were like, no, I want to, I want to see X, Y, and Z. I want to see, like you said, I want to see information on um, SEM. Um, industrial manufacturing, and and that's the content that I want to see. I want to see right. products or services that are relevant to that. Right. Hmm. That would start with uh, viewer education. Yeah. You know, visitor education. That to be maybe kind of that. What are you looking for type of thing? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, true personalization. To your point is whether they're a logged in user or you're doing personalization through. Um, marketing automation tools, right. you know, Salesforce Pardot, that, that Marketo, that type of thing, um, that that gets more complex. Yeah. Hmm. You know, if I go to Amazon, I have the, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the Amazon Garage, yeah. I have both my vehicles yeah. stored mm-hmm. in there, and if I'm looking for something particular or something, mm-hmm. I'll get a little note in green that says, this item fits your yep. 2013, blah, blah, blah. I think that was pretty nice, and that or it's in red if it doesn't fit. There's I, there's some quirks to it; doesn't always work, but um, that's a pretty slick system. Hmm. I actually do that with the AutoZone app. Mm-hmm. I have all of our vehicles in there, but then also since maybe a couple of those vehicles are modified, I actually have the I, I more or less uh, hack the system and say I, I also have those other year models where maybe some of those mm-hmm. parts are from. So that if I want to reference those, you know, if I'm dealing with a 79 Jeep in this case, but I have a lot of parts on it from an 85, Mm -hmm. I can easily say, well, no, actually that's an 85 because, and that's more of a forced thing because of the individual who's behind the parts counter anymore than than anything else. In your case, Amazon is the parts counter. Yep. Right. So the machine's the parts counter. So I think these, I think, I think it's very important to your point though. There's from a search perspective, I think it just... Yeah. They create more work than they help solve. Mm-hmm. Right. And as I was doing some research, I think it's just important to, to point out, which we kind of have already done, just the, the difference between categories and tags specifically for like a more of a blog section of a website. Whereas if, again, if it's like an e-commerce website, if you're looking at like a product category page, that's something that's, you know, totally customizable, something that you have a lot of control mm-hmm. over. Whereas, I guess, where I started this conversation, I was thinking more along the lines of um, category and tags related to a blog, where those are kind of auto-generated and, mm-hmm. and, and they live out there. You don't have a lot of control over, over those, I guess. So, What have you read on tags versus categories? Have you, have you explored that, that entity alone? As far as... Are, are you seeing the same thing coming back from an SEO perspective, meaning like um, both are good, both are bad? I've seen recommendations. I've, I've you know, just kind of seen what um, people in the industry are talking about in forums and that sort of thing. And um, I've seen some recommendations about leaving categories indexed, but no indexing tags. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I think it... it 
it depends kind of on what your your intention is for your site sure. too, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have a blog post on this down the line. Keep an eye out for that. Maybe we should implement some sort of uh, uh, user interface for our blog to be able to custom filter, you know. Well, really, we do it with the Redirect podcast. I mean, you know, if you're at blacktruckmedia.com slash blog, there's the the always in the, kind of the right hand corner there for the redirect. Mm-hmm. That's more or less we're we're filtering that, saying no. Here's here's all those that are dedicated to podcasts, and those are a custom yeah custom category post type into an anchor. You know, it's anchored there, mm-hmm. so it's like a forced filter. Mm-hmm. Well, and we on our previous mm-hmm. website, we did have the categories show up like on the right hand side where you could. Um, navigate to the different categories too and with the new site we don't have that anymore that old site was terrible <laughs> we do, you know. inside the articles we do have similar though don't we at the bottom don't we have like similar articles too or not no it's just no. from our it's just from our okay. blog yeah, yeah got it yeah but I do I do like the similar uh, mm-hmm. vibe too so I think that's where you're you're back to this to circle back around where categories and tags may not have a lot of value from an SEO perspective. If you have them categorized and tagged properly, and don't go overboard, right. Pat, to your point, yep, have a strategy. Have a strategy baked in that, and maybe we go to that model even for us as we kind of strategize this live of, yeah, if I'm reading, if I'm reading, uh, you know, a post on how marketers react to Google's zero result SERPs. Are there other blogs that are related to that? And if they're tagged properly, it, it pulls those in. I think that that's a smart use of those mm-hmm. of those items and those elements in, in a site. But Anytime you leave something up in the hands of the general population, it's going to get messy. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you guys tend to, um, when, you, when you see that, do you tend to click? Do you go deeper? No. Uh-uh. It depends... On if I've gotten all the information that I wanted from that article, mm-hmm. if I think that I'm gonna, you know, be able to learn more about what I'm specifically wanting to learn, or you know, even if it's a catchy title, let me, it might, let me, yeah. Let me adjust my answer. Is that do I go deeper in the form of the sidebar navigation no, or no. The similar? No, the similar. similar. Uh, you know, I'm a uh, product of tabs, so I option click or uh, command click. Mm-hmm. Those and I'll open them in other tabs. So you do, so but I, you do yeah. open them. Yeah, I'll and, open them, but I won't close what I'm currently reading. Yeah, but that does also show. I mean, regardless, you are you are taking some action on it, and I think that that's a really great tactic. Whether it's a page and you're talking e-commerce products, or it's a post and and you're what you're getting to is you're getting to page depth mm-hmm. and you're getting to that dwell time on site, mm-hmm. which which all of those are known. If if you're deep enough in SEO, those are known signals to say how you know if I can improve those, that's that's also going to show Google right. that you went on if, to find more value in the site too. So right. you spent three minutes reading the article, got to the bottom, and went, hmm, it's an interesting related article. Yes, I'm going to click on that, mm-hmm. and ultimately we see those page views increase and grow over time too. So which is a different way of having a call to action. One hundred percent agree because not every not every blog post, not every piece of content deserves an in-your-face demanding right. buy now, <laughs> convert. You know, I, I wish that marketers could get that out of their heads, but 
you know, send them, send them to some other useful piece of content, you know? All right. Um, I've got another one for you guys. We talked about it earlier this week, so I'm shifting on the fly. <laughs> how do you guys feel about the, so um, after a conversion, how do you guys feel about a thank you page mm. that you're redirected to? So you fill a form out at any, at any point in the funnel and you're sent to a thank you page versus the auto message that kind of comes up in the screen, thanks, we got your information. Talk to me, what do you guys think about that? And, and let's talk about some best practices, pros and cons of both, of both sides of it. We had, we had a really great conversation the other day about that and I think we have some strong opinions on it here. <laughs> You want to go? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's Let's an, not all start at once, guys. I think it's an absolute must. And anytime... A must to do what? To send you to a thank you page. Okay. And if there's not, it's a really big fail and a missed opportunity. Oftentimes, those pop-ups or just the change in that... There's a small little header that pops up mm -hmm. like below your main menu navigation that says, we've received a message. Can be overlooked and aren't seen or... Mm -hmm. or so many times you see nothing. Mm -hmm. And me as a consumer, like, did that go through? Yeah. Did, did, should I have maybe copied that first to make sure it actually gets read somewhere? Mm -hmm. You know, if in it, then if you send it to a thank you page, you have another option to create a customized experience for yep. that option. Again, you can write in some code. That if, it, if your question was about X in a menu, you know, if your menu item says, I'm curious about product A. In the thank you page, you can have more details about yep. product A. Yep. You know, or a blog post about product A, mm -hmm. or a, just something friendly and fuzzy that you can mm -hmm. put in there about anything. Thanks for contacting us. Hope you have a great day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you're missing an opportunity to bring that viewer deeper into the site. Yeah. That's a good point. That doesn't even begin to talk about tracking. Yeah. And kind of just piggybacking off that, if I were to submit a form and just get a little message show up underneath the submit button that said, thanks, we got your message. I'm done. Yeah, you know, right. at that point, I'm like, right. okay, I can leave the site. Mm -hmm. So to to your point, Pat, you know, having a thank you page, it, it invites the user to go deeper into the site too. And, and, and talk about having some, some pretty big, you know, what ends up happening in that point actually is that you're going to see that exit rate on that. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a product page or, or a services page. The exit rate on that page is probably going to be massive yeah. because... Because you don't take another step. We would hope the exit rate on a thank you page is, or, or, or that conversion page, what we might call it, totally the exit rate, I would assume, is going to be higher if you're not doing a good job at keeping them there. But if you just convert on a product information type page, you're like, yeah, send me more details. Boop. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> guess. Guess I'm gonna go now. <laughs> um, that really, I, I don't think. I think that skews your data. Mm -hmm. But I, I believe that we're there's a lot, um, and especially with depending on the CMS. You know, it's so easy just to implement a contact form here and there, versus being able to send them to an actual thank you page. Pat, to your point on the conversion tracking side and getting to that absolute data point, whether we're doing. Uh, AdWords conversion tracking, whether we're doing um, just basically analytics, mm -hmm. goal conversion tracking. Yeah, I mean, we know we can we can establish and trigger and fire all of those with with multiple different, you know, 
tags in Google Tag Manager right. or, or other means, event event based goal right. tracking. But I, I think it's just more about how do I make you, the user, feel better about my brand. Mm-hmm. That's to me what it strictly comes down to. Is it if because I I'm pretty confident we can we can track it yeah. no matter what. Right. What I'm what I'm not confident in is is whether or not it left you with the warm fuzzies. Right. Right. On on making an order or or contacting us hey, about well, distribution. So much competition out there and so much talking about UX. It's catering to the customer and improving the customer experience mm-hmm. and customizing to them. That's the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, you're totally missing a major yeah. portion of the game. Yeah. It, it's the difference between uh, a sincere thank you and, uh, ooh, we got your lead. All right, see you later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think a better play than a use with, you know, and we're going to get, People that will give us flack probably to say, well, yeah, but I can do all that within GTM and, and well, that's fine. But maybe isn't a better use of GTM is to, to maybe customize that than, Pat, to your point. So if you don't want to create, if you have a simple business and you have four product lines or four service areas, it'd be pretty easy to, to knock out four individual thank you pages yeah, that, that, are, yeah. that are very relevant. And um, if you convert it on the on the custodial services page, you're going to get maybe more information about custodial services or facility services right. and, and things like that, blog posts and whatnot, or listen to our podcast. But if you have a lot of services or a lot of categories, you could do if this, then that scenarios in GTM mm-hmm. with variables right. and say, I want you to serve this. I want you to show right. this type of data afterwards. So you personalize it after the conversion. Yeah, the dot com slash thank you at the root of it is the most simple way to set up the tracking. And yeah, you can set up tracking on any of those pop-up forms, whatever. Mm -hmm. However, it's the foot in the door to get you started kind of a deal. If you're maybe not a novice and you you are a novice and you haven't hired um, a big marketing team to help you with your site, it's very easy in Google Analytics to set up a conversion tracking of land. Did you land on the thank you page? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversion. And if you want to streamline it a little bit more, be I should say be more definitive, you can establish the funnel in Google Analytics to say that person needs to visit this page before they get to the thank right. you page even. So you can right. you can help better, it's not weed out the, the, the data and the refine. users, but you better refine. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, I just think, I'm still I'm still to this day a huge fan of of a thank you page if if it makes sense you know pers- it's just from a sheer personalization mm-hmm. standpoint so Agreed. good so it's pretty easy to set up Pat like you said um, it's it's going to be an exact URL in Google Analytics to do it from an AdWords perspective if you're using uh, Google Tag Manager. You're gonna you're gonna set your conversion up in AdWords, deploy it through Tag Manager, and say I want it to fire on this page, not all pages. I want it to fire on this page mm-hmm. only, um, and you can test it in preview mode. That's straightforward to do. In, I, I think you can you can go even a, a step backwards and and say that if you were working in something like a WordPress. Um, that's real easy to deploy a thank you page on your own if you have that level of access. That's mm-hmm. that that doesn't take much work to do, um, 
anything such as, uh, I think, you know, Drupal, Joomla, all the CMSs, this is a pretty straightforward thing to be able to add a site, uh, a site page, uh, and name it thank you or thanks or whatever you want to name it. Confirmation. Yeah, something <laughs> at least. And, um, and, and put some content in there, you know, so yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. Um, anybody closing notes? Anybody? Anybody? Not beef, not beefy enough to get into ah, this. So. <laughs> right. Okay, all right. Oh, oh, Bing did away with sidebar ads. Oh. So there's there's that. Oh. Finally, yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. You said something. Yeah. You, met, you mentioned yeah. Bing. So Bing's finally getting back up to uh, Google status here and getting mm-hmm. rid of their sidebar ads. So, hmm. yep. We'll close with that. <laughs> all right. Cool. Lot lots of stuff covered here, uh, but I think two two big big things there, uh, very much are, uh, you know. When you're converting people, are you thanking them properly? That's the way I kind of put that. Are you being personal about the thank you? And, um, you know, what, what should we be thinking about more again on that content side too? So, cool. All right. Well, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.